This is Melanie Ake, your host for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Greg Storch, founder of Lion Enterprise LLC and fellow John Maxwell team member, who teaches us how to follow and chase the roar inside of your soul. You'll learn today how Greg's consistency in developing his own roar is allowing him to be an everyday leader who is changing the world. Start your personal growth journey today where you can learn how to be an everyday leader in your life. Go to everydayleaders.com. Register for personal growth and development classes so you can develop your own strategies to be a leader in your life. If you're ready for one-on-one accountability, I will walk beside you as your personal coach to help you gain clarity and perspective to lead your life and career as an everyday leader. If you're ready to develop your spiritual growth, you can gather with us for the Everyday Leaders Leadership Devotionals. We meet every day at 7.30 a.m. And we apply these leadership lessons and values to our everyday lives. Go to everydayleaders.com and become a leader that can change the world. to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, my wonderful friend from Italy, Greg Storch from Lion Enterprise. Thank you so much for joining me this morning, Greg. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Mel. I'm excited to be with you today. Oh, many people that have followed my journey have seen you and I have fun on Facebook, Live, YouTube, (laughs) StreamYard, (laughs) talking about COVID-19 and all the things that are happening from your perspective in Italy. And so this is a great opportunity for us to get together and just share all the things that we've done in leadership to try to get through and build strategies during this critical time in everybody's life. And so I just absolutely love having you in my inner circle, first of all, and I can't wait to share with the guests what you've been doing, how you've been strategizing, all about your businesses and your life. And uh, and I'm going to ask you this, what if you did? Right? (laughs) What did? What if you did? This is a little joke that that Greg and I have been talking about for the past couple of years because his journey started in the United States. And so, as he talks about this, I want you to close your eyes and think about if you took this same journey, could you do and step into the things that Greg has done in his life? That's the challenge for you in this podcast is really to think about what's holding you back from doing the things like Greg has done, to challenge your life for those next levels. So, Greg, man, you're Mm. such an inspiration. Oh, Mm. I want you to (laughs) – I know Joe would say, shut up now. (laughs) (laughs) But really, you you and I met 
in the John Maxwell team. We're both certified we through John Maxwell. Yes. And, and talk to me about your journey in, in um, you know, kind of becoming a leader and deciding that this leadership certification process was something that you were passionate about from your personal professional history. Yeah, it's a great story for me. And I love talking about it because I, I feel like it resonates with a lot of people. And my story goes back to 2017. Actually, it goes back to 2011 when I decided to leave the federal service um, down in South Carolina. I was the director of human resources at a naval hospital there. And a friend of mine told me about a position in Washington, D.C. And listen, I avoided Washington, D.C. when I was active duty in the Navy like the plague. <laughs> so I did not want to go up there. But um, my friend said, I have this position for you and you'd be perfect for it. So I talked to him a little bit about it. And jokingly, I told him, well, you're going to have to double my salary for me to even think about coming to DC. And he, and he didn't even hesitate. He said, done. And so I found myself resigning, um, giving my two week notice in the federal service. And I moved to Washington, DC, and I entered the private sector in the IT arena, which is sort of my background from the Navy. And I say sort of because I did many things while I was active duty uh, in the Navy for 24 years. But it was during that time that I really was leaning into my leadership. I was responsible for a lot of people, hundreds of people. I owned the program that I was managing for this company in the federal um, arena. I was working for a private IT company and we serviced federal contracts. So all of the agencies in Washington, D.C., we had contracts with a lot of them. And one of the major ones was the one I managed. And so I did that for about almost seven years with this company. And I was very successful at it. I was promoted three times in four years. I started out as an operations manager with the company and I found myself later becoming one of the corporate executives, a director uh, for customer engagement. And by the time I, I left, but what I realized during that journey was, you know, I was making probably, well, no, not probably, I was making the most money I'd ever made. And I was the worst version of myself ever. I was stressed. I had no time for my family. I was very unhappy. And I, ended up in the hospital from the stress. Mm. I, I spent three days in the hospital with, uh, I don't know if your listeners are familiar with the term colitis, but it's an inflammation of the colon. And what you need to know about it is my doctor told me that it is directly related to stress. It, this was a stress-induced issue that I was having. And I'm going to tell you, if you've never had colitis, it is extremely painful. I literally thought that I was dying. I remember waking my wife, Samantha, up and telling her she needed to take me to the emergency room. And I spent three days in the hospital. Um, and I, I had no idea I was stressed out. It was all internal. But I was putting such pressure on myself to perform 
uh, that I ended up in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so this is all happening as I'm sliding into my 50th birthday. And so I had to do some soul searching. And this is where I feel like this, my story is very relatable to people because I had to really think into what I was going to do. And so I had to have some conversations with my wife about what I wanted to do. And so I started asking myself questions about what is it I really want to do? What do I love doing? And, And probably more importantly, I asked myself, what am I good at? And what am I known for? What do people come to me for? And when I asked myself those questions, the answer always came back as leadership. I I was great at developing leaders. And so that that was it. I decided that I was going to join the John Maxwell team um, and I started my journey. So in 2017, I, I started Lion Enterprise, the leadership development and coaching company that I own. And... I resigned at the end September of 2018. I walked away from corporate America and devoted my time solely to Lion Enterprise. Wow. And sometimes, you know, as you're walking us through just that scenario, so many people may be experiencing these same things during this year, feeling like your body is going to respond to the stressors around you. And it's really Mm going to help you identify you know, what do you need to do to stay healthy in your mind, body, and spirit? And mm-hmm. we need to pay attention to that because yeah. it's been two years for you. And that was just the beginning of your journey. <laughs> yes, yes. So <laughs> as Lion Enterprise is taking off, I, I landed my first six-figure contract in um, Old Town Alexandria with a, a mid-sized boutique IT company. Uh, and I was brought on board to develop an enterprise-wide training program for them. And so I started work, and six months into that contract, my wife was offered a position, uh, and we had to make a decision for her to take the job. But the caveat was this job was located in northern Italy. <laughs> so well, here we are. Here you are. So that's the joke, everybody. What if I did? (laughs) What if I packed up everything, right? So yeah, it is. I mean, you and I have talked about that because this is the reality of what was happening in my life. My business had just landed its first substantial contract. I was working, you know, establishing myself and You know, we had a rental home in South Carolina, the first home Sam and I had built together. We still had that. We rented it out when we moved to Northern Virginia. And then we bought a home in Northern Virginia that we lived in um, in 2014. So we were only four years into that house. We had, you know, two cars, two homes. um, And we had to make the decision of what we were going to do. And what it ended up being was selling everything. We sold our home in South Carolina, rented out our house in Northern Virginia. We sold our two cars and we literally sold all of our furniture. I I have a five foot by 15 foot storage shed that has some, you know, memorial stuff like my dad's tools. I just didn't want to part with them. I have some of my tools 
And of course, our military, when I say our military, my wife served, I served, and my father served. So I have all of our military memorabilia still in there, but that's it. And then I boxed up about 25 boxes and I mailed them to Italy. (laughs) We packed our two cats in carriers and we jumped on a Delta Airlines flight and we landed in Venice and the rest is history. And here we are two years into living in Northern Italy. So we literally um, gave up everything to make that move Mm -hmm. and we don't regret a minute of it. Well, and, you know, for you, because you had been developing yourself as a leader for so many years and Mm -hmm. developing others, you really understood Mm -hmm. that journey of what was going to be expected of you, how you needed Mm -hmm. to show up things that you needed to kind of trade off in your mind because things weren't going to be the same. And so I I think about you in so many ways, Greg, because when people say they want to change or they're going to transition and, oh, I could do that, but, right, but Mm -hmm. there are all these things that are in my way. I would have to sell my house. I would have to, how would we do that? How in the world would we accomplish that? And so looking at you and, and just putting things in perspective to say, you just take one step at a time. I remember walking beside you as you were going through all this Mm -hmm. and getting the reports every day, like, okay, I don't know that I could have taken that big giant step. (laughs) (laughs) But you did, and you were such an encourager for those of us that were dealing with other things that we were going through that we were afraid to step forward in. Mm -hmm. And, And that's what I just love about you know, having people in your inner circle, it's about borrowing their belief until mm. you can believe the same way. I know. I love that, Melanie. I, I've heard that a few times from you. And every time I hear it, I just love it because it's so true. Mm-hmm. And and those, if you don't have an inner circle, that's really what that's about. It's to help you support each other and really give that confidence to each other when you're facing your own fears to get through that next level. And, and yeah. that's, that's what you do for many of us, Greg. And so I love oh. celebrating you because of that. And, <laughs> you know, I want to, I want to talk about something and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people that, that don't know you that uh, were not in attendance at the John Maxwell conference. Uh, I want to go real personal here okay? because as you're such a leader and such a force to be reckoned with. You, you've got so many things that I think I want to celebrate. I want to share, as a dad, mm. the story that you shared, how personal this is for so many people, <laughs> it, the trade-off yeah. that you made because of doing the right thing and mm. helping people understand the difficulty and the challenge in making a very important decision on your daughter's wedding day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I decided last year, I always attend the August International Maxwell Conference in Orlando. And I had the opportunity to put my name in the hat to for stage time. And for those of you that don't know what stage time is, it's, it's having the opportunity to present a three minute speech on the stage in front of 3000 plus people. And so I worked with uh, one of the mentors, Roddy Galbraith, and 
prepared for that stage time. And it's kind of funny, Melanie, because it's it's another one of those things in my life where it presented itself. And I I just said, why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so what if I, I just, did. <laughs> Like, what if I did? And it's interesting because there's a process, you know, you have to send in these recordings and then they select their top 30. And then I made the cut for the top 30. And then you get to the IMC and you have to actually perform in front of them. And then they, you know, whittle it down to the top 10 and the finalists, the people that are going to speak on stage. And I found myself being selected for that. And I never really had the mindset that I wouldn't be a finalist. I always envisioned myself on the stage and I held that thought and it came true. And so you're referring to my stage time and the story that I told and and my 3 minutes was about um my my daughter's wedding right before I moved to Italy. My daughter got married so I went out to Spokane, Washington, but what the listeners don't know is that I'm divorced. My children are from a previous marriage and I was serving on active duty when the divorce occurred. And so my ex-wife was the primary custodial parent with the children. I only had visitation. So I had my children every other weekend, um, major holidays. We, we traded between Thanksgiving and Christmas And so those were my time with the kids. And then I found myself being assigned away because I was still in the Navy. And so there was a big move from San Diego to Pittsburgh, where the Navy was sending me to get my master's degree. And shortly after that, my ex-wife and the children moved with her new husband up to Spokane, Washington, which is where they live now. So you know, for years, I mean, the kids were six, four and six years old, when the divorce occurred. And, you know, they were in a new environment with my my wife, my ex wife remarried first. And so they had a a stepfather in their life for quite a, you know, 20 years at that point, at the point my daughter got married. But you know, it was a struggle all those years. I never missed visitation. Even when we lived in Italy 12 years ago, my last assignment in the Navy uh, during the summer times, we flew the kids to Italy and they spend the summer with us. So I could have my visitation time with my children. And so, you know, my daughter goes off to college, gets her nursing degree and, and here she gets engaged and it's the wedding day. And I find out from my son Uh, during a visit that uh, my daughter is going to ask her stepdad to walk her down the aisle. And so, you know, fathers out there can relate to having this one dream. If a guy has any dream, a guy that has children and a, a guy that has a daughter, if they have any dream, the dream is of the day they walk their daughter down the aisle. And I'm no different. I had that same dream. I always thought about the day I'd walk my daughter down the aisle. And that didn't happen. And so I was faced with a choice. And it was a, I'm going to be honest, it was a difficult choice because when I found out, I was angry. I wanted to react in anger. And I remember telling my wife, Samantha, Uh, that I didn't even want to go to the wedding. 
I, I wasn't going to go because the truth was I was embarrassed. I, I was embarrassed that I was going to, I felt like people were going to look at me and point fingers at me and be talking about me as, oh, there's Caitlin's dad. That's the guy, you know, that's the dad that's not walking her down the aisle. So I was embarrassed about it, truthfully. And um, so I had to really ask myself, it was a turning point for me because normally I would have reacted by not going to my daughter's wedding. And I talked to my wife, I talked through it. And what I realized is I had to just ask myself, how do I want to show up? And I decided that I, I needed to show up for my daughter, regardless of all of the external things that were going on and, and even the things internally in my own mind where I was telling myself that people were going to ridicule me and, and look at me strangely, <laughs> that I needed to be there because, you know, your daughter only gets married one time. This is her event and I needed to show up. And so... Um, not only did I show up, but I showed up the way I wanted to show up. And I was talking to people I hadn't seen from my ex's side of the family in years. And I treated them like we were old friends that hadn't seen each other in years. And it, the funny thing is their reaction was to talk about me after the wedding, but in a good way. They're like, wow. Greg has really changed mm -hmm. and it was a beautiful wedding. I had a front row seat and, <laughs> and I watched my water, my daughter walk down the aisle with her stepdad. And what I had to realize was I had to, I had to be empathetic. I had to understand that from my daughter's perspective, this is the guy for the past 20 years who really was there day in and day out through all of her school years, her homework, her tryouts for cheerleading and Girl Scouts and ballet and everything like I was not the guy there I was I only had visitation and so understanding that and realizing well yeah duh of course she's gonna ask this man to walk her down the aisle how else would she honor that mm -hmm. but to ask him to do that and so I got over myself and I went to that wedding and it was wonderful mm. <laughs> You know, what a story of, we talk so much in leadership about meeting people where they are. Mm, and yeah. it's so easy to say, oh, I can do that. But really <laughs> just taking a breath and saying, what does that look like to meet mm. someone else where they are instead of trying to expect them to meet us where we are? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I think I surprised my daughter for sure. <laughs> wow. in a good way but you know all the years that you've had for leadership development and growth and really intentional growth mm -hmm. I, I want to talk about what's created that environment in your mind the mindset is the things that you've done consistently over over the past several years to mm -hmm. get yourself really the momentum right out of corporate America and deciding that you're going to have this own leadership company and all of this happened, right? We talk about the stages of our life and the timing. And so it really was the perfect timing for you to be able to assess, how do I want to show up for this? Yeah. And step into that fully. Yeah, it really was. And 
I, you know, looking back on my life, even from a very young age, because I joined the Navy when I was 17. I was so young, my parents actually had to sign papers to allow me to join because I wasn't of legal age. And I always joke about it because there's seven children in our family and I'm the baby of seven. Mm. And so I, I always joke that they were probably gladly and willingly signing those papers for me to leave. <laughs> get me out of the house. Well, you know, (laughs) and and so sometimes, you know, I always think about this. uh, We laugh about this in different conversations and circles about how you show up when you go back home, right, during the holidays, Mm -hmm. because you were Mm -hmm. the baby. So, okay, what does that look like? You've taken on your life as just a true challenge. And Mm -hmm. and I think one of the things that I'm so proud of you and, and being connected to you is watching how you flourished through developing your leadership company and the things that you've been determined about. One of those things, I was so honored to be able to work with you in a uh, kind of a co-creation coaching program that we had, mm. uh, Live and Business by Design, and Misiel Diaz and Diane Dick. We started this group for four days a week to be able to help people lead themselves, understand how to be in personal development. Uh, and that was a couple of years ago. And, mm-hmm. and we really all grew from that tremendously. And mm-hmm. you had started Lion Enterprise, and you started these weekly, uh, weekly conversations, weekly interviews, weekly trainings, and created the Lion's Den. Mm-hmm. And, and so I want you to kind of walk us through, like, how you developed that and then the power that that's brought you to in the other areas of your life that you're that you're showing up consistently now, Greg, with such momentum that this has just become you. You are this lion that is roaring through your life. Yeah, I I love that question because you really described it very well as is what I've done with the weekly roar in the lion's den has led to some some consistency in my life and and produce some powerful stuff. And so you know, lion, people always ask me, where's lion? What's this thing with the lion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, I had to come up with a story. First of all, um, for those of you that know me, I have tattoos. I think a lot, a lot of sailors collect tattoos. It's just something we do. And, and I've done that. And my very first tattoo was a lion's head on my left shoulder. And I've always had this fascination with lions and big cats in general, but specifically lions. Lions are, of course, they are the kings of the jungle, right? And they're different than all the other big cats in the fact that their voice boxes are actually shaped square and not round like the other cats, which makes their roar heard from miles and miles away. Um, And so that's, it's just something that's always impressed me. So I've always been impressed with lions, but then I was like, well, what do I tell people? I named my company after a lion. And so I developed the acronym, Leaders Influence Others Naturally. And so that's what lion has really come to mean to me. And so everything I develop around the lion is where everything comes from. So, you know, I developed the weekly roar 
And this was my opportunity to be heard. I wanted people to hear my roar through for miles and miles. Mm -hmm. And, and then, you know, I, I developed the group, the lion's den where people could come together um, and hear the weekly roar and encourage each other. And so that became my group and I house all my, videos for free. People can go to my website and get the videos for free in the Lion's Pride library. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I've kept this thing and it brings me to today and what I've learned from all of this. And looking back at my life, one of the phrases that has really come up for me in the last year is run to the roar. And that's exactly what I've done all my life is I've always run towards challenges. Normally, you know, when a lion roars, we would turn around and run the other way. But there's a certain amount of people that would run to the roar. They would not run from it. Mm -hmm. And that's synonymous with facing our challenges and our fears. And so I've adopted this whole mentality of run at the roar, wherever you hear it, run at it not from it. And so here I am a <laughs> hundred. Well, let's see, I just recorded my 112th episode. So you joined me for my 100th episode. Mm-hmm. And what that's done for me is, is shown me consistency. It's taught me to face fear. It's taught me to keep, you know, heading, heading into my challenges and overcoming them. So yeah, it's been, it's been very powerful and I'm just very attached to this whole lion concept. So I'm very proud of it. Well, and so many people think, you know, I mean, when you look at your life and you say just two years ago, you decided to create this company and you had a theme around it and you really planned it out because that's how you are. You're really, Mm -hmm. even though it seems like, oh, we just sold our house, we moved, we did all this quickly. (laughs) You're a planner. You know, you're you're oh, yeah. very disciplined in everything that you really want to think through and, and attain. And so as a goal-oriented person, mm-hmm. the things that you would tell other people, I think when I look back at your life, I say, just start, right? One of the favorite mm-hmm. quotes that I love from John Maxwell is, you don't have to be great to start, but mm-hmm. you got to oh, yeah. start to be great. Yes. You've got to start. And so with you and your story, I love the encouragement of just doing something different that you dream about, that you know that it's not going to be easy to achieve, but you're really, you've prepared yourself all this time. So let that fear go and really chase that roar, chase that Mm -hmm. roar that's inside of you because amazing things can happen. Yeah, it really can. I mean, really, the the secret is that Lion Enterprise was born on April Fool's Day in 2017, but it lay dormant while I prepared and poised myself for the hunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in 20, 2018 is when I just went full force and it was there for me to when I made that decision to leave corporate America, I had already established my LLC. I was ready to go and devote my time and attention to really what my passion was. And again, that was, you know, creating leaders and and really the impact that working with leaders has on 
corporate cultures because I feel like that's where we're missing the mark when people are unhappy at work. Either they've misaligned their values or they just have somebody in a leadership role that's just not prepared to be that leader for them. And so they, they end up leaving the company. And those are the leaders I, I work with. Mm-hmm. And it's so important because as you just talked us through that, understanding when you come from an environment, you, you were an HR director of a large corporation, you know, and, and so developing yourself first is really the key because if you don't have that inside of you, you really don't know what to do with the team. You don't know how to develop everyone else. You can't see the vision. You can't be a part of the momentum that needs to take place. And so what you have developed, too, in your, in your coaching network uh, is to help develop other people that want to achieve all of this in their life because they see it for themselves. And so I really celebrate you, Greg, because there's so many things. When you're in Italy... We're here in the United States. You know, the world has become so small. (laughs) All we have to do is pick up the phone, get online. And we've been doing it for a long time. Many people through COVID-19 are just experiencing this power of connection. And, you know, and I think for us to be able to encourage people to say, if there's something that you are ready to step into, learn how to take that next step for yourself develop yourself, learn how to add value to your organization when you get ready to go back into the workforce full-time or whatever that looks like for you next, and and really understand it starts with you. Yeah, um, it, it really does. And you know that I just released my audio series, um, and it, it begins with you. It's, it's the leadership reboot. It all starts with you. And it really does. You have to develop yourself. You have to be able to lead yourself before you can lead others. And so if you're a new leader, or even if you're an experienced leader who's been doing it for a while and just needs a reboot, there's, you know, a refresher, a reminder for you to, you know, look at yourself first and find the places where you can improve yourself before you turn around and and try and help others improve or learn or grow. You you always have to begin with yourself, for sure. Wow. What a wonderful time to spend with you, Greg. I appreciate you so much. Oh, uh, it was my pleasure. (laughs) I love it. I really respect you. And I I'm so excited to be able to share your journey with all of our listeners. And, you know, you're the epitome of an everyday leader. And I think so many times when I developed this show in the beginning, I said, everyday leaders is an inspirational show to help you overcome everyday obstacles in your life. And Greg Storch, you you are like number one. (laughs) How do I do it? I want to encourage people to connect to you, Lion Enterprise, Mm -hmm. LLC, Greg Storch, S-T-O-R-C-H, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere, and find out how you can start developing yourself. Because as you've listened to this story, Greg is one who has gone gone the way and really wants to walk with you to show you the way to do this. And... uh, And so thank you for sharing so many personal stories today, Greg, and encouraging us to step into our own lives and be leaders. 
Absolutely. It was such a pleasure. And yes, I would love to help you run to the roar. Run to the roar. How can we contact you, Greg? What's the specific way? What's your email address, website? Yep. Email address is G storch s-t-o-r-c-h at lion dash enterprise.com so there's no s on enterprise a lot of people like to say enterprises but it's not it's just an enterprise (laughs) and then my website is lion dash enterprise.com and every wednesday we can also watch you in the lion's den for the weekly roar Yes, the Facebook group is an open group. It's on Facebook. You can um, you can search for it and find it. You know, it's not private. So I'd love to have you every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. I have um, a leadership, personal growth, some kind of video that I I'm doing. And right now we just kicked off the effective thinking, your pathway to success series. And what I'm talking about are the skills we can develop to be better thinkers, because when we are better thinkers, we position ourselves better for success. Mm. Powerful. Greg, thank you so much. You are a wonderful leader. I appreciate you. Have a great rest of 2020. Stay safe over there in Italy. I will. I will. Thank you so much, Melanie. It was great to talk with you. Thank you. Everyone remember, be the everyday leader in your life. This has been a Joe Studios production.